worrying can be detrimental to your physical and your mental health. Knowing this, really what you should do as an actionable step is to have systems in place that actually deal with your worries rationally. And today we're going to be focusing on the great man Dale Carnegie teaching us in his book, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Now, this book is insanely powerful. You know, I I really only thought that his book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, was his, you know, best book. But after reading this, this is a close contender. You know, I also have his book, The Quick and Easy Way to Effective Speaking, and, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And they're all fundamentally great books. Everybody should read them, especially if you're in business, but just in general. These apply, these are archetypal ideas, meaning they don't apply in a vacuum. They apply to everything. You know, you can apply them in health, wealth, love, or happiness, all the kind of four main pillars of life. And this is going to be a really interesting um, episode because we're going to really dive into this idea that, you know, worrying excessive, excessively can actually make you physically ill. And the two leading causes of arthritis are worry-related and marital, marital shipwrecks and financial woes. And worrying is especially common, you know, in the work we do, in the actual jobs we perform or in the businesses we run. High-stress environments... And high-pressure jobs lead to heart disease. And this isn't like an opinion. That's a fact. So that was one of the biggest things going into this pandemic. You know, as we're recording this, we're kind of in this second wave of the coronavirus. And when this all started, I kind of said, you know, there will be a second wave, especially in the United States, because we didn't choose to all lock down at the same time. You know, different states did different things, which is part of the United States. That's part of what makes it great. And... That's not going to be the main concept of this episode, but the main concept is, you know, worry, you know, worrying about these things that you cannot change. You know, you cannot change the fact that there is a pandemic. What you can change is your personal habits, your personal ideas and your personal beliefs and convictions. And with this, you can work to improve your life and hopefully improve the lives of your loved ones. And this is so important to do because... If, if you only focus on yourself or if you only infer, focus on the external things, you know, the things that are outside of your control, well, you're going to be worrying your whole life. Because one of the things that we realize as we live our lives is we need to focus on something that uh, military people call, you know, your four foot world. So just the things around you. And then you can you need to modulate between this and the bird's eye view of your life, you know, the things that actually matter. So if day to day things are catching you up and worrying you. These things have compounding effects. You know, an action taken today has exponential effects down the road. Most people just think an action taken now is just an action taken now and nothing else. But what we learned is things have a half-life to them. So they have kind of a lingering effect. You can kind of think about this as kind of an aftertaste. So it's very interesting. And it's the exact same thing with your thoughts. So what you think is what you think about. So if you spend your whole day thinking about the Kardashians or what's going on in the news, well, that's what you're going to think about. But if you focus on you know, improving yourself, reading, learning from great people, listening to great podcasts like the Modern Academy, Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, all these you know, great, great podcasts, Sam Harris, and focusing on you know, improving your mind, improving your body, and therefore hopefully improving the lives of those around you by giving back and not wasting your times on worry. And that's really what this book teaches us. And, and he actually gives us practical steps, which is so amazing. And that's why I really love this. And, you know, confusion actually causes worry. What's important is to actually get the facts about your worries and solve the problem. Focusing on 
getting the facts and then solving the problem. The in-between worrying part, that's all emotional. You should focus on being rational. Remember, the way we kind of started off this episode is really the lesson that I synthesized from this book, which is worrying can be detrimental to your physical and mental health. Knowing this, you should have systems in place to deal with your worries rationally. So important rationally. So this is where, you know, we actually apply Litchfield's analysis. It's very interesting. So get the facts about why you're worried. That's step one. So acquire the facts. Number two, analyze the gather the gathered facts and list options. So li- list different w- things you can do, different avenues you can you can pursue. And then thirdly, make a decision about what to do and just do it. The, the main thing is to eliminate this worrying, this kind of anxiety producing, um, you know, what if I did this? What if I did that? That's kind of the FOMO, you know, fear of missing out or over, you know, over analyzing a situation. This is abundant in the modern world because we have technology, we have all these different things that we see. And it's like, oh, it's kind of like this, uh, you know, it's really the fear of missing out. You know, you, there's all these different things you could do, but you just choose to watch Netflix. Well, the main thing, again, Litchfield's analysis tells us three steps. Get the facts about why you're worried. Analyze the gathered facts. List the options. Third, make a decision about what to do and just do it. And then once you've chosen a course of action, stick to it and never waver. It's very, very important. You need to learn how to live for today and keep the worries in the past and the future out of your head. The, the main thing here is it's the worries of the past and the future. Because those don't do you any good. Those don't bring you any positive benefit. It is important to realize that you should be living in the now, but at the same time, understand that sometimes you have to zoom out. That's why we talk about, you know, meditation is great for practicing mindfulness, but there's another great thing you can do, which is kind of this, you know, armchair chest like deep thinking, which is analyzing the things that will matter 5, 10, and 15 years from now, and really just taking, it, taking time in the morning to kind of be the general of your own life. And plan out your, you know, your moves. You know, it's kind of like playing chess. You have to think multiple moves deep. If I take this action, what's the best case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? What's the most likely scenario to happen? This kind of simulating potential outcomes without having to overtly learn through trial and error. It's what we covered yesterday with Richard Dawkins in his book, The Selfish Gene. Now, once you've actually chosen that course of action, it is vital that you stick to it and never waver. Again, keep the worries of the past and the future out of your head. Focus on living in the present by utilizing day-tight compartments. Whatever happened in the past or might happen in the future must not intrude upon today. That is so important. He talks about this day-tight compartments. And uh, you can, if you have this book, um, Litchfield's Analysis is on page 31 through 35. And then this, uh, this part of, you know, focus on living in the present by utilizing those day tight compartments are on pages seven through 10. And now we'll move into something called the street three-step formula from Hanny. And basically whenever focusing on trouble, embrace the worst case scenario and try to improve from there. This is super interesting and it, it may sound counterproductive. It may sound like it would cause more worry, but it's, it's actually the opposite. So analyzing, you know, what is actually the worst case scenario here? That way you realize, you know, let's just start from rock bottom and then work your way up. You know, I remember uh, when I was really young, a coach told this interesting story about uh, there was, it's like the story of the donkey in the well. And the donkey in the well, basically, it's a story of there's this donkey trapped in this bottom of the well and he can, he can barely see up. He has no ways to climb the wall, no way to get up. But every day, 
somebody comes and dumps a bucket of sand down on him. Dumps a bucket of sand. And in the beginning, the donkey just kind of lays and he's like, there's nothing I can do about this. You know, he shakes it off a little bit, but he's just laying down, kind of submitting to the fact of, you know, what's happening. And eventually he goes, you know what? I'm going to shake this sand up and step, step up. He kind of was getting buried down. He kind of was, because every day they're pouring a new bucket of sand in. And what he does is each day he anticipates it coming. He shakes it off and he steps up. He shakes it off and he steps up. That's kind of the things that you have to realize in your life. Things come at you. You know, the rainy day will come and there will be things that come at you in life. That's, there's a great book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman that lays this out. And understanding that having this optimism, having this learned optimism, it's not delusional optimism, it's learned optimism. It's realizing that the fact of reality is that tragedies happen, negative things happen. But what you need to do is realize this and go, okay, let's put rational bounds on this. You know, what's the worst case scenario that could happen tomorrow? You know, a family member could die. Your house could burn down. Well, if that didn't happen, that's a pretty damn good day. So shake it off and step up. Any of the things that, any of the little minute things that happen, you know, somebody left a mean comment, somebody uh, sent you a nasty email, shake it off, move up. And that's the, it's the main thing is realizing the worst case scenario, embracing it and try to improve from there. So this is a three-step formula and it's on page 40 and page 17. So ask yourself, what is the worst thing that could happen? You know, when you're worrying and, and it's obsessive worrying and it's actually, as we talked about in the beginning of this book, you know, it's actually hurting your health. So the more you do this, just the more it's going to hurt your health. And what is the worst thing that could happen? It's, it's important to understand that and then define that worst case scenario and assume for a moment that it will happen. Accept it and embrace it. Bring rational bounds to the situation. So most people, they, they worry obsessively about something, but they don't realize the actual, you know, rational bounds of something. And we could go further into this, but, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother episode. Most people don't, they, they kind of obsessively worry on something because they don't realize the, the actual, you know, kind of box, you could, so to speak, that it's playing in, you know, it, like this is the best case scenario, this is the worst case scenario. And that's why chess like deep thinking is important because most people don't consciously think about it and go, okay, you know, I've thought about this, I've analyzed it. Now I'm going to focus on today, live in the daytight compartment and improve myself today. That way tomorrow when I wake up and I can do this chess like deep thinking, no electronics, no stimulus, actually just planning out life. I can go, okay, Let's focus on the daytight compartment. Let's realize that a worst case scenario could happen today. Accept it, embrace it, bring rational bounds to the situation. And then third, devote your efforts to improving on that worst case scenario. So, you know, most likely the worst case scenario does not happen, but focus your efforts on improving that worst case scenario. And it's key to not sink energy into hopeless situations. So, this is very interesting. It's kind of the stop loss principle in stock market investing. So you can kind of set up this automated thing with stop loss um, in, the, in the stock market. And he talks about this on, uh, on page 77. So basically, you don't want to sink you know, too much energy into hopeless situations. You want to set a limit for yourself after which you stop worrying about them. So you know, if, if someone's really mad at you and you go, okay, what's worst case scenario here? Well, we just wouldn't become friends. Well, embrace that and go, okay, how can we work? You know, if, if I want to continue this relationship, 
let me put a, my best foot forward and try and do something nice for them, do something kind so we, we can improve this relationship. But let me put a rational stop-loss principle on this worry. And what's interesting is uh, on page 79, if you have this book, um, you know, Lincoln actually lays out an interesting framework for rational bounds. And Marcus Aurelius says, you know, our life is what our thoughts make it. So if, if your thoughts, you know, if, if what you think is what you think about, and if you're worried all the time about, you know, this relationship might go wrong, this person saying this about me, this person spreading rumors about me, well, you know, our life is what our thoughts make it. So realizing this principle and moving forward from it is, is very, very important. And don't expect gratitude. Give for the joy of giving. Focus on the act itself and take joy in it. And we're trying to keep this episode to around 15 minutes. There's all these different principles. You know, we could be their own episode in themselves. Please leave us a review if you like any of these principles or send an email at r at mdrnac.com. That's r at mdrnac.com if you have any questions. If you'd like our book list, um, any different things, even if you'd like to be on the podcast, we're accepting interviews. If you have stories to tell, if you have lessons you've learned in your life, we are always open. And your genes are actually completely unique. No one is as miserable as someone who longs to be someone else. People criticize those they envy. Reframe criticism as disguised compliments. This is so interesting. So again, no one is as miserable as someone who longs to be someone else. Very powerful. You have to realize fundamentally you cannot be someone that you don't know. Your genes are completely unique. And moving towards that, most people just, they they outwardly project the positive things in their life. So you don't really know all the downsides to to the upsides there. So if on social media, somebody's posting pictures, you know, cars, vacations, yachts, jets, well, you don't know the downside. You don't know what they're facing. You know, they might be hopelessly depressed. They might have a drug addiction. You know, all these different things that you may not see. Nobody posts about the negative things in their lives, really. It's 99% all positive, which is, it's not even positive. It's kind of like, you know, showing an outward perception. And people criticize those they envy, understanding this reframe criticism as disguised compliments. So rest and relax before you get tired and your worries will greatly decrease. Lessons from the psychiatrist and Mr. Taylor in part seven, which is page 180 to 207. And again, the synthesized lesson I got from this book was worrying can be detrimental to your physical and mental health. Knowing this, you should have systems in place to deal with your worries rationally. So remember that three-step formula from Hanny, which is ask yourself what is the worst thing that could happen, define the worst case scenario, and assume it for a moment that it will happen, accept it and embrace it, bring rational balance to the situation. Third, devote your efforts to improving on the worst case scenario. And then the other good system in place we kind of laid out was Litchfield's analysis, which is Get the facts about why you're worried, analyze the gathered facts, list options, make a decision about what to do and do it. Don't focus on the past or the or the future worries. Live in day tight compartments. These are kind of the systems in place. Very, very important. And then also putting a stop loss order on your worries. So very, very powerful book. Again, I really recommend you pick this up. I have the hardcover version and this is a Simon & Schuster book again, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us review and subscribe. We do three episodes a day, one five, one ten, and one 15-minute episode. 
Typically, our five-minute episodes are our quarantine side chats, which are kind of our daily updates, not focused that much on books, just kind of general updates with the quarantine, with coronavirus. Today, we talked about um, you know stimulus checks, retroactive unemployment, and some things moving forward to fuel your business. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a view and subscribe, and be sure to check out our other episodes. Today, we talked about um, you know this book by Dale Carnegie, and we'll, we'll be talking about the four-hour workweek by Timothy Ferris later on for our 10-minute episode. Till next time.